Well, by now, your Bible should probably just fall open to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're in the Beatitudes. Made up my mind that we're going to continue to preach the Beatitudes till we get through them. Uh, feel like they're going to be uh, helpful uh, to us. And uh, the Lord has helped us the last couple weeks. Uh, as the first week, we looked at blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in that first week, uh, we were reminded uh, that uh, we have to realize that we need something uh, before we can get something. Uh, in other words, uh, it's hard when we think we have everything we need uh, to expect to get anything from God. Uh, and so we, we talked about that and recognizing our, our need and need for Him. And then last week, we talked about blessed are those who mourn. And we talked about the things that we mourn and that you will be comforted. How will you be comforted? You'll be comforted by the comforter. And so remember as we go through these both today and in the weeks to come that we go through with our eye towards Pentecost. We go through with our eye towards... I came back from the, uh, 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 the uh, Bluegrass Awakening and I just had it on my heart to preach the Beatitudes. I've been several... Uh, places where I had heard teaching about the Beatitudes. But then I also had it on my heart to preach Pentecost. The Lord said, you can preach both. And so that's where we're at. And so I, I have to tell you that uh, this week, let's go ahead and read the scripture. It's Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now I got to tell you, I kind of struggled with this one. I, I, I really struggled with it. Uh, I, I've, Kelly could probably tell you, uh, I have looked at numerous sermons from this passage of Scripture. I wanted to see what other people did with it. Uh, we, I looked up things on, on, uh, through, through different commentaries and on the Internet and uh, different things, trying to figure out uh, what I was supposed to say. I mean, the, the last two have been pretty easy. And we get to this one, blessed are the meek. But we don't want to be meek. I, I tell people, I, I, I told somebody yesterday that I preach like, like I, uh, or coach football like I preach, loud and hard. We, we like the bold. We, we, we like the intense. We like fierce. The title of our marriage book that we're reading is Fierce Marriage. Well, that's appealing to people. We want a fierce marriage. But imagine if it was meek marriage. Probably wouldn't sell as many copies. Right? Let's just have us a little meek marriage. For some of y'all, that sounds pretty good compared to... No, I'm just kidding. Meek marriage. You know, we, don't, we don't like meek. We like power. Us men, we really like power. Right, Troy? Oh, 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 you know, that kind of thing. We, we, we like power. We don't, we don't want meek. We want, we want to think that we, we, we know things and we have our rights. We want to defend our rights. And, and, and so meekness is something that, that we just might, might struggle with. Now, as, as I, I've looked and as I've studied and, and I tried to figure out what this what it means to be meek, one of the things that I think is very clear is that meekness is not weakness. Meekness 
is not weakness. Now, my mind, you know, as a pastor, I, I, I hope you guys understand that, uh, you know, I, I, I try to do everything I can to preach what God would have me to preach. And, and man, like last week, I felt like God moved in such a powerful way. And we had people in the altar and God spoke through that sermon on blessed are those that mourn. And then as soon as I get done, I'm like, okay, what's, what about next week? You know, and, and so last Sunday afternoon, even as we traveled on our way to the Smoky Mountains, I was talking to Kelly about, well, what are we going to do with this next passage? Then, then, then we watched, watched the Super Bowl. And I didn't get to see the first half because I was at the Brazilian Steakhouse making a pig out of myself. Uh, and about the time I, I had the meat sweat, something was going on. And I heard about it on my, I saw it on my phone. Uh, but I, I saw it later when I got, got to the cabin. And as, I, and as we think back about the Super Bowl, and we think back, if, if, how many people here got to watch, watch the Super Bowl? Did anybody watch the Super Bowl? All right, some of you did. And if not, I can explain this, this picture. But the picture that comes to my mind when I think of this year's Super Bowl, and you may have seen it online, is this picture that we're about to put up. Our scripture today, I want to remind you, is blessed are the meek. And, and I was back there today and uh, uh, talking to Matthew, and he knew what the picture was. And he said, Preacher, I'm looking forward to your illustration today. He said, that, that picture doesn't look very meek. And it depends on which side you're looking at. You know, a lot of times what we glorify is, is what we see in that red-faced yelling and screaming, oh, that he's just intense and he wants to win. If I didn't know, that's Taylor's boyfriend up there. So. so Sometimes, if I'm not careful, I can look more like the guy with the shoulder pads on than I do the coach. I can just tell you, if I'm coaching on the middle school line and I was in the middle of one of my games, Bo, and one of my linemen came up and got in my face like Travis Kelsey got in that coach's face, how do you think that will went with Bill Sharp? You think that went pretty good? <laughs> I would probably physically take that young man and put him on the bench. And tell him to sit there until I told him to get off. We had a, one of my, my, my head coach at the middle school that I worked with, we had one boy that kind of showed himself in a game, and he made him do bear crawls up and down the sidelines during the whole game. Everybody else playing, and there he is doing bear crawl, crawling on his hands and knees. Not many football players can get away with that. And the coach there had every right to say, get your tail on the bench and you ain't playing no more. I don't care how many million dollars you make. And most of the people that I read online said that's what he should have done. But you know what? He, he, you, you can almost see in his face the restraint. You, you can see that. See, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control alright I don't want to see that ugly face the whole time I'm preaching you take that down 
but y'all can remember it. Two completely different attitudes. We glorify power and boldness and assertiveness. Where meekness is power under control. Like I said, I've struggled with this and I've looked and I've looked and I've studied and I've, I'm trying to figure out what meekness is. And, and as I read that, that blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth, I want us to realize that, that, that Jesus... You know, he came to fulfill the law. So he knew all the Old Testament scriptures and he knew what they said. And so when he said that to them, it would have sounded a bit familiar. When Jesus said, blessed are, are, are the meek for they will inherit the earth, to those Jewish disciples and those that were listening, it would have sounded like something they had heard before. That something they had heard before is in Psalms 37. Psalms 37 and verse 11 says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. And Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus was just reminding them of something they had already been told. It says that the meek will inherit the land. Now, I want us to be, I, I wasn't sure where I was going to put this in, but I want us to understand that not everything that we seek, not every benefit that we have as Christians is something that will happen after we die. I'm thankful for uh, uh, that he went and prepared a place for me. I'm thankful for heaven. I'm thankful that someday I'll be able to walk on streets of gold and I'll be able to see my, my lost loved ones. I'll be able to be with Jesus more than anything. But, but being a Christian, even if that didn't exist, it's worth it to be a Christian. And it's worth it to follow him. And not every uh, beatitude points towards heaven. This one really points towards the earth. Can I tell you, as you try to live and to, to walk and, and to raise your family and, and to get through this life, the greatest thing you do can do is to put God first in your life, to seek Him. And here, Scripture seems to say that it's the meek, not the loud and boisterous and shaking your fist and how dare you? But the meek. So that's Psalms 37.11. Now, let's just stay in Psalms for just a minute. And let's go back and, and look at some of the things it says before we get to verse 11. In verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture." Trust in the Lord. What's your trust in? Is it your own abilities? Is it in, in, in your job? Is your trust in, in your, your, your family, your resources, this, that, or the other? Put your trust in the Lord. Trust in Him with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Meek people trust in the Lord. Put your faith, your hope, your trust in Him. 
Verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Then again it says, trust in Him and He will do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like a moon, noonday sun. Commit your way to Him. Don't just trust in Him. If you trust in Him, you're going to be committed to Him. Commit your ways to the Lord, all your ways. Sometimes we want to just give Him this or that. Or you can have this Sunday morning from 10 o'clock, slow time or fast time, whatever time you go on. I'll give you an hour and a half, Lord. Com commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your actions to the Lord. What you do, do it for Him. Commit your reactions to the Lord. Ooh, that's a little bit harder. Sometimes I can do pretty good with my actions, the things that I intentionally do. I'm going to go do this. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to do this in my service to God. I'm going to do that in the other. I'm, I'm gonna... Don't worry about that, baby. Everybody, let's stop and pray for Josie. I, 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 want this, I want that young family, and I want everybody here to hear this. That don't bother this preacher. I looked over that row across from me today and just about started crying to think about what was sitting there. And them babies need to be raised up in church and you bring them. I don't care if they cry, this, that, or the other. If you want to take them out, you, you do what the, the Spirit of the Lord leads you to do. But this preacher is glad for every crying baby that comes in this church. And I pray that we get some more. Don't be pinching them, though. No, don't do that. So before we got to verse 11, we, we saw that we're to trust in the Lord. We're to commit our way to the Lord. Then verse 7 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on it. Oh, man, I don't like that. Be still. I don't want to be still. I'm kind of like them babies squirming on the pew. I got to go. Or uh, Josie, man... Bo thought he had her hemmed in. He put his leg out and she gave him a fake and then went under the pew. It was a really good move. I was proud of her, you know. Bo looked exasperated. Oh, she got away, you know. Well, I'm a little bit like Josie. You didn't know she was helping me preach my sermon today, but man, I, I don't want to be still. Y'all remember sitting in church? You just, man, I had to go to some of those revivals dad was in and preached, took me to. That's awful, have to sit there all that time. I'm going to be still. And as adults, we, we, we don't just wait and be still, be patient, let God work. We want to figure it all out, right? We can fix it, we can do it. If only I, if only I can make this happen and that happen, and I can change this and change that, and it's all going to work out. What, what ends up happening? It ends up being a bigger mess than we had to start with. When really what we got to do is just be still, trust God, let Him work. Meek people are willing to be still. Fret not when men succeed in their ways, when they carry on in their wicked schemes. And then in verse 8 it says, refrain from anger... And turn from wrath. 
Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Our anger does not bring about the righteous lifestyle that Christ desires. And I'll just tell you, there's some things that we should probably be angry at and we should get angry with the right motives and right spirit. When Jesus got angry, he got angry for the right reasons. We often get angry out of emotion and the heat of the moment. Christians shouldn't go around angry all the time. There's some people who just go around mad and upset and frustrated and aggravated. As the young people say, you want you mad, bro? <laughs> what are you mad about? That's right. Mean mugging. Y'all know what it is to mean mug? Some of you do it, don't even know it. <laughs> what are you mad about? Go around mad, angry all the time. Man, I've been in churches. People in the church were angry all the time. Angry about stuff was happening happening in the church. Booey. That stuff ain't got any place in the church. You go around mad and angry all the time, maybe you ought to get a little bit closer to Jesus and see what he do in your life. He said... Put aside anger and wrath. That, that, that's not a picture of a meek person. That's, a, that's the complete opposite. That's the other side of the equation. That's the guy in the shoulder pads, not the coach. Put that stuff away. Then let's look at what happened after, the, after verse 11. We go down to verse 25. Actually, I'm going to go to 23. It says, If the Lord delights in a man's ways, he will make his step firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young, and now I'm old. That makes me feel like the first time I pastored here and when I'm back. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. What a wonderful, beautiful promise from God. That's talking about the same people here. Right after it, it had said that the meek will inherit the earth. But what does it mean to inherit the earth? It don't mean you're going to get everything. It means God's going to take care of you. He's not going to let his own beg for bread. That's the type of person he's calling us to be. So we, we have this Old Testament allusion that Jesus made to this passage of Scripture. Then we also have a New Testament example. In the book of Matthew, back in the book of Matthew where we started, let's go to chapter 11. And verse... 29. Actually, we'll, we'll start with verse 28. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
The King James Version says, Take my yoke upon you and, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Who's our example of meekness? It's Jesus. You talk about strength under control. We sang the song, he could have called 10,000 angels in the midst. He took a whipping. He took a beating for us. And he could have said, stop it. He could have struck every one of them soldiers dead. In the snap of his fingers. In one word. He could have said, that's enough. No more. I like him. I wish some of y'all a little more vocal like he is. Listen. Strength under control. They laughed at him. They spat on him. They mocked him. And he just took it. I imagine some of those soldiers probably was in his face like that football player was in his coach face saying, aren't you the king of the Jews? Can you see it? And yet Jesus stood there and took it. And loved the dude that was saying it. And went to a cross and died for that guy that was in his face mocking it. That's our example. That's who we're called to be like. We're not called to be the guy red-faced. That's kind of ironic that I'm saying that right now. I was in White County this weekend for Austin's wedding, and Kelly and I had to go to Walmart. We tend to go there a lot but as we went there were two men standing in the little grassy area between the parking lot and the road with signs that said Jesus loves you can we pray for you so I dropped Kelly off and I went to the bar I was going to the barbecue place to get barbecue for the meal on Friday night and I dropped her off and I went back and I walked up to those guys and I said, I'll take that prayer and I'll give you one too. And so we just got in a huddle and we started praying right there in the little grassy spot next to Walmart. But I loved how they presented themselves to everyone that drove by. It wasn't. I, I, now, I, I've seen folks on the corner with their Bibles and Turn or burn. All sinners shall have their part in the lake of fire. You know, And there may be times where God calls us to proclaim that to somebody, but I think what our world really needs is someone that simply shows them that they're loved. What a precious spirit those men had. Now, they's a little different. That's all right. One of them didn't have any shoes on. That's what, man, what, what, what a beautiful time we had. I prayed for them. They prayed for me.
Jesus is our example. So, you say, I, I, don't, I don't know that I can be meek. It's not in my nature. You're right. All we have to do, now, now here, I'm going to make it real easy for you, okay? Real easy. As we try to grasp this thing of meekness and blessed are the meek, I'm going to make it real easy for you. All you got to do is be like Jesus. Now, that, that don't sound too hard, does it? We got to be gentle and loving and caring. We got to return good for evil. We got to be a cheek turner. A little bit later on, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. What do you do when they hit you on that cheek? That's what I used to say, you know. I'd tell my mom and dad I thought I was cute. Yeah, I'll turn another cheek, but if they hit that one, it's on. We're supposed to go the extra mile. You say, preacher, I can't do it. I can't either. You're exactly right. Speak, Lord. But remember, we're looking at these Beatitudes with our eyes towards Pentecost. Jesus knew that those disciples that he was speaking to, those rough and rowdy, always getting it wrong disciples, he knew what lay in front of them. He knew that they would disown, he knew that they would desert, yet he also knew that one day they were going to be in an upper room. And that comforter that he had promised them it was, was going to come and do a work in their life. Peter was not meek. I love watching the chosen. Peter, he, 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 was, he was getting in fights for money at the beginning of that. Peter was ready to knock your block off. Peter was brash, angry. When they come to get Jesus, he cut the dude's ear off. What? I wonder how he felt when Jesus picked it up and put it back on. It's like, what are we doing here? You know? And he called down curses from heaven. That was the kind of person Peter was. You wouldn't say Peter was me. Then there's old James and John. John the Beloved. Some call him the apostle of love. What Jesus called him and his brother? Sons of thunder. And then when they were in a town near Samaria, they asked Jesus, said, you want us to call down fire from heaven on them? That, that don't sound very meek, does it? Them and their mama tried to go to Jesus and say, well, can one of us sit on your right hand and one on your left? That, that, that don't sound like very meek. And yet, one of those sons of thunder became the apostle of love and wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And in there over and over again, God is love. We can't say we love our brother or say we love God if we don't love our brother. 
Love, 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 love. Well, you went from a son of thunder to the apostle of love. How's that happen? You see, we're looking at these beatitudes with our eyes towards what happened on Pentecost. You see, God did something in Peter, and God did something in James and John, and they became different people, and they were able to do things that they couldn't do before because it wasn't them that did it. It was the Holy Spirit that was living inside of them that made all the difference. Every bit of it. Scripture tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 5 that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Looks a little bit like what Andy Reid had. That's meekness. I can't be meek. No, you can't. But as our eyes are towards what happens when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us and does a work in our life, it changes us from who we were to who He's created us to be. And His Spirit is within us, working in us and through us. It's not the fruit of Jamie. It's not the fruit of Kelly or Stephen or anybody else in here. Isaiah, and I could go all around the room. It's not our fruit. It's His fruit working His way out through us. Enabling us to have a spirit of meekness. We went to uh, Cookville. The uh, wedding was in White County in a little place called Dole, Tennessee at the Dole Church of the Nazarene. And there's no hotels really close, so we've got a hotel. Kelly's brother works at a place that we get a family discount, and so we stayed in a really nice hotel uh, in Cookville. And I, I talked to him. I got in late uh, uh, on Friday night after the rehearsal. I went to a ball game. I know that's uh, surprising to you guys, but some of the boys that I coached at football uh, are now on the basketball team and they were playing at Tennessee Tech and I went and watched them and I got in really late and I, and I talked to a lady and I said listen we, we don't have to be to that wedding until two o'clock and uh, uh, is there a way we get a late checkout she said yeah I can let you check out at one o'clock and so man that'd be wonderful that'd be great and then I was like well what time's regular checkout she said 12 I said well don't worry about it it'll just be okay and so the, the next morning we got up and kind of laid in the bed longer than what we should have and started getting ready and it was getting later and I called down to the front office and, or the front desk and I said can we leave at 1230 bless her heart the little lady that I talked to or young lady that I talked to yesterday was not the same lady I talked to the night before she proceeded to tell me that if we were any later than 12 o'clock she'd have to charge me for another day and this that and the other and just kept going on you know you know what I said I'm just going to confess right here to all of you. Kelly can tell you. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, the lady told me that I could leave at 1 o'clock. Well, she said, well, who was it? I don't know. She's a lady working at your desk. That's pretty much what it sounded like, wasn't it, baby? 
And so finally she said, well, I guess since she told you that, I can let you leave at 1230. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's right to laugh. I hung up. And a few minutes later, this preacher's been studying about meekness all week. Looked at Kelly and said, I wasn't very meek in that situation, was it? It's so easy, right? It's so easy to find ourselves acting that way. So I went downstairs with every, every thought in my mind that before we left, I was going to find that young lady and apologize to her. I don't know where she was. We couldn't find her. I had somebody looking for her. I think she may have been in the restroom. And I, I left and went to the car as Kelly was doing a few things. And, and she came out while Kelly was there. And Kelly apologized for, for, for me. Sometimes it's not easy to be meek. And we need the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life. To allow us to, be, to have that self-control. To act like Jesus would act. To be gentle and, and, and kind and loving. And not be so concerned about our rights. And we're right. And we know this and you don't. And all this stuff. We need to do that, one, because God's Word tells us to. In the Old Testament, then Jesus reiterates it in the Beatitudes. And it's one of those that will affect, I believe it will affect eternity, but it will affect now. Our relationships now. Our relationships in our, in our home, our relationships with our neighbors, our relationships with our co-workers now. So my prayer is, Lord... Help me to be meek. I realize that in my own strength, I can't do that. I say that with an eye towards Pentecost and understanding that I need your spirit to do in me what I can't do in myself. Fight this old red-headed nature of mine to represent him well. When I think about meekness, there's people that come to my mind. Stephen, I think about your grandfather. Just his meek, humble spirit. Even your grandmama, too. Just that meek, humble. People in, in my life, Brother Spivey, somebody that Ke Ke Kelly knows, and, and others, Richard Reed. Oh. Meek, meek. I don't know if I've ever seen them with, with angry or frustrated or just having to prove their point. It's just a meek humble spirit so I'll be honest this one's been hard <laughs> and I've preached to myself but hopefully I've preached to all of you as well and I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit and God can do something in you and through you that you can't do on your own blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth